0: here we are. Wow. Here we Season go. three. <laughs> Literally, I feel like we have been recording for like two seconds and we're like season 25. Here <laughs> we are. We're back. It's like, what was your season
1: one? I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know why we decided. Okay. Season one, episode one. Thanks so much. That we're going to take be, a break thank now. Thank you so much. Now it's time for season two. And now we're at season 12. <laughs> That's actually us. Hi friends, my name is Nadine, and my name is Sadini, welcome to You Know What I Mean.
0: We left, and obviously there was a lot going on in the world, but um, when we are coming back now, it's like, it's only this sounds so awful, but like, it's only gotten worse. Like if there's like more, if, if, if anything, there's only more pressure now than there was before. Like there's more of a sense of urgency than there was before. Like there's more at risk and more at stake now than there was even a couple of months ago when we took our break that when we were deciding to come back, like, it's very hard to think like, are we gonna come back and we're just gonna be like, okay, season three, we're back. Here's like a bunch of things that we that are also going on and that we wanna talk about, yeah. but might seem like insensitive or culturally irrelevant to what's happening in the world and like a very real, potentially dangerous way right now. Um, mm. and then that being said, there's so much pressure to talk about what is happening in the world, which is like, you know, the US election, the coronavirus, like the world's going into a recession, there's this pandemic that's killing millions of people. Um, and those are all very very real very terrifying things Very heavy. um that it becomes almost a sense of pressure to be like I need to talk about these things in a very not just like an effective way but in like a way that's not tone deaf in a way that's experiential but also fact-based like there's all of these different things at play and I think it's um it's, it's tough to decipher exactly what it is we're trying to say, because they all come in together. Like they're all intertwined. Like how I feel is very intertwined with what's actually happening, which is very intertwined with what may happen in the U S election. Very intertwined with the coronavirus, very intertwined with what's happening in my life right now. Do you know yes. what I
1: mean? No, I do. And I feel like from a personal level, knowing how this year has just been so hard for both of us, especially in this pandemic time and, and for so many people, um, yeah. it requires a certain level of emotional energy that I think you and I don't have a lot to give
0: yeah I think Uh, yeah if if there's anything in like there's many things in shortage this year but if there's anything at the top of the list for I think both of us it's
1: like emotional energy yes exactly and like I just (laughs) when I think of everything that you just said about like not just having this conversation but also it coming with the responsibility of delivering the message in the right way I imagine my emotional energy as squeezing the last bit of toothpaste out of a bottle that is basically empty
0: yeah you know what I think of like you know those like kool-aid jammers like juice boxes and then yeah. like it would be clear at the back and you had the straw and you would try to get every last sip yeah like, drop and it, but it was like sucked through yeah like it was- like that's actually what I imagine us like our emotional energy is that Kool-Aid Jammer's like juice box. hundred percent Yes. Bag, whatever the heck it was. And and the world like is like trying to suck up like every last droplet of emotional energy. I'm <laughs> like, I'm drained. Yeah. Like, dude, there's nothing left for you. <laughs> there is
1: that is like <laughs> like that's how I feel. <laughs> I just I feel like this year has been nonsense and every day feels like a week in itself and with that I feel like it's hard to come back and not talk about what's happening in the U.S. No exactly I think yeah like
0: I think that 2020 has just been wild I mean towards the end of our last season which was only a few months ago swag 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 um (laughs) We were talking about, you know, like just the impact of coronavirus and like how at the beginning of being back, or sorry, beginning of the end of our last season was the beginning of the coronavirus.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: And it was just a very weird time. Like we were all at home and, you know, everyone sort of anticipated, anticipated unend. But I think as time has gone on and now that we're back, it's very clear that, There is no end, and a big player in that is the U.S. Yep, for sure.
1: Um, Tarini knows this because (laughs) I'm always talking about it, but I've been really interested and involved, I guess, in conversations around U.S. politics. I think it's very interesting. Um, I also think that after what happened in 2016, it's hard not to be interested at least in knowing what the hell is happening in the United yeah. States. Um, it's also – sorry, you go. No, I was going to say, and my favorite podcast, which we've talked about here before, is Pods of America, and they that's the basis of their, their podcast. So um, – I'm I'm laughing because one time this was pre-pandemic but I was getting ready to record our episode and Trini came over and on one tab it was talking about like <laughs> how to set up our mics and like all this stuff with the podcast and then on the next tab it was like oh, what duh. is the difference between medicare for all and a public option.
0: <laughs> it was very intense. I love it. Um diversity in of of thought. Of, of, yes, of thought and of skill. Um, no, but I was gonna say it's very hard to actually not know what's going on in the States because I feel mm-hmm. like it's everywhere. It's 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 on, it's all people talk about on the radio, it's all people talk about on TV. Um, and I think it's just it's everywhere because what happens, what has been happening for the last four years and what will happen very soon is. It's not an isolated sort of event or like something that can stay isolated within the bubble that is the U S because yeah. the U S is such a player on the world stage, which is something that both of us have said, you know, repeatedly on different podcasts as well. And just in personal conversation that the U S is such a key player on the world stage. What happens over there is a very um real effects for people all around the world like regardless of where you are or however much however far removed you might think you might be from what's happening in the U.S. it's actually not necessarily the case
1: yeah I feel like anytime the U.S. does something the world follows suit and that is especially true with where we're at which is Canada it's like if they even just move an inch we feel it and so I, I know a lot of people, I at least as i've I've heard this a lot, especially in the last few months, um, which is thank God we live in Canada. Yes. and I it's hard while, yes, like I agree. We definitely are are better off in the sense that we don't have a screaming toddler leading our country. But that's also not to say that the far right, conservatism that we're seeing in the States is not making its way or hasn't already made its way over here.
0: Yeah. And I think, I mean, I, I really love that people feel this sense of like pride Mm -hmm. to live in Canada and you should, I mean, there's obviously many great things about living here, but it's not for its lack of, um, it's not for its, lack of fault or like lack of societal like oppression and issues that you know that exist say in the U.S. and don't exist over here
1: yeah our hands aren't clean
0: no of course not and they remain we like continue to do things that continue to like make them make our hands dirty basically but I think that the difference is um you know and the difference is that Trump being who he is and what he stands for, um, really gives a face to sort of the racism, the bigotry, the oppression that people might feel. Mm -hmm. Um, but didn't before have someone so like viscerally backing them. Like you're literally giving a face to these sort of like institutionalized systemic oppressions. And I think that's like one of the biggest differences is people I'm not saying, people love to say like, oh, but you know, Obama did this or like in Canada, we do this. And yeah, like you're hundred percent right. Like nobody is not at fault and everybody in some way upholds this institution. Um, and, and that's like people in power and also just everyday leaders, but, um, or everyday people rather. But I think that the difference is that it's not as like a blatant, as much of a blatant representation. Um, But what that does is it sort of gives the okay to people in the US, but also all around the world to say, well, there's clearly somebody on such a large scale saying that these things are okay. Like, yeah, Yeah. of course it's okay. So I remember when I was at um, McGill, when Trump became when Trump got elected and a a few weeks or maybe a month after he got elected there were posters around campus saying make Canada great again oh my god and so the ideas that he um sort of spouts like whether they're I, I was gonna say whether they're good or bad but really I can't think of a single good idea that he's had um those ideas really are taken to heart around the world and like at least for me, I feel it very immediately in Canada because of its proximity to it, not just literally on like in geographically, but also like
1: figuratively how close we are to the states. I feel like people um, are questioning whether or not they should care about what happens in the US or whether or not they should be involved in conversations about the US elections. And I feel like it is really important I'm. I think it's really important. I think just to stay in the know. It's really hard to turn a blind eye on the impact that the United States has on the rest of the world, and the de- yeah. and the decision on the rest of the world and worlds, yeah, um, all, of all of them. But it's it's hard not to acknowledge that any decision that they make has a rippling effect into every single every single country.
0: It's really hard to watch it and then feel like there's nothing you can do about it, which is why I think it's so important to encourage people to vote. But, you know, as somebody who's not in the U.S., like it's very hard to watch it and know that whatever happens is going to so directly impact your life. But there's like nothing you can do about it. Like me, me being a Canadian citizen, like living in Canada, what can I do except, you know, push people or make people aware of the importance of voting?
1: Yeah. If they are in the States. 100% there's a lot at stake. And so there's a lot of pressure behind this topic and making sure that we're giving factual information Okay. Here's how I feel. We made so many notes. We made notes on like the impact that the, like the decisions that the U S makes on Canada. Like we made notes on the impact on energy and environment trade. Like we really pulled out our, our bachelor of economics and we're like,
0: we're like, let's go. We're putting
1: this to use. We're putting this to use in our podcast. Everybody tune the frick in. Okay.
0: Economics. we friggin' invented it. Economics. We invented it
1: literally i just i feel like this just speaks to this just speaks to like the reality of of the world that we're living in and also the reality of of people's mental state right now like there is so much uncertainty and like we can list for you all the different ways that the u.s decisions will impact canada and the rest of the world i mean like the the biggest message is that the u.s whether we'd like it or not or whether you agree with it or not i certainly disagree with it is a world leader and not not because they lead so well (laughs) not because they lead so well certainly in democracy freedom or in their policies no but just historically that's how it's been and That's where the money is. And so people go where the money goes. And so, and there's such a, there's such a thing about like the American dream.
0: Yeah. like Tell me what
1: is the American dream? Like I hear this. So they are living the, what is the American dream? Is it like, is it not full access to healthcare? Is it having to break the bank if you need to go see the doctor? Is it not being able to have your full reproductive rights? Is it um, shitting it's away at <laughs> – should I go on? It's,
0: it's all and it's any all that you just said. But no, like, I, like you know, like, that is – that really is – it just sums up, like, what we're trying to say and just, like, what this whole episode is about and, like, what's going on in this freaking world at the moment is – I think like people are being sold and have been sold for so long, what the American dream means. And the American dream is like freedom for every person, um, you know, like economic stability, financial stability, financial independence, access to social, social systems, social structures, infrastructure, healthcare, basic rights. rights. Um, And, you know, like, I think people listening to this who maybe don't agree with our political views are going to say, yeah, well, you know, a lot of places in the world don't have that. And yeah. To that, I will say, well, neither do you. Like, if you're in the US, frankly, neither do you. Because I think a big part of, you know, why Trump is able to sort of say the things that he says and win over however many people, the fact that there's even one is astounding to me, but the reason that he's able to win over anybody the way that he is is because there is such a lack of infrastructure, understanding, and accessibility, and it all is a vicious cycle. There's lack of education, which leads to lack a lack of resources. Lack of resources leads to lack of being able to understand, being able to look up, being able to verify and create whatever he's saying and create your own opinion. And that leads to more ignorance. Ignorance leads to believing what people will tell you, leading what people... Believing what people tell you leads to further ignorance, which leads to further misunderstanding, which leads to voting for somebody who doesn't have your best interest at heart, which leads to further lack of infrastructure, education. And it's just, it like, it just keeps going in a cycle over and over again. But that is why it's, that's why it makes even like that much more of a difference if you're not in the States and. You're trying to understand why or how it's going to impact you, but it's because this constant vicious cycle of like lack of infrastructure leading to not having education, leading to ignorance, leading to making decisions and putting people in power who are just going to further this cycle. What it does is it actually breaks down the ability that any other country may have to get you in a position of stability by which I mean. The way that the U.S. is set up on a global stage, the decisions that it makes has a ripple effect in the rest of the world. And so if they decide they're not going to take climate change seriously, not only are the people of the United States suffering, it has an impact globally on the rest of the world, not only because we're all global citizens and we all have one Earth, so it's everybody's responsibility to take care of it, but because... If, for example, when Obama was in power, one of the things that um, he put in place was having um, cleaner fuel and gas efficiency by 2025. When Trump came into power, literally day two, he was like, yeah, we're not doing that anymore and made it so that it is actually easier for um, people to continue and corporations to continue um, to to use fuel and gas in a way that's not conducive for global warming that's going to make global warming worse California said nope we're actually not going to do that California is a leader in auto and auto trade and auto labor and they said yeah we're not going to do that we're actually going to stick to the plan that Obama had created because we do believe that there's something that's so important there um, to make the use of fuel and gas be more energy and environmentally friendly or efficient And so that has a huge impact on how people are going to want, whether or not people are going to want to do trade with the U S in terms of the auto manufacturing world. So if you live in the U S that cuts off what could potentially be jobs for you. I mean, I'm like really boiling this down and making it very, very like baseline. And it's obviously more nuanced than that, but that's just another way in which your lack of information leading you to vote for somebody who is going to continue to is going to continue to strengthen the cycle of you not having information is actually hindering your ability to live a better
1: life. Donald Trump, I think, if anything, he's done a lot of things um, truly so many things. I think what he's done really well is actually highlighted how the American system, is actually inefficient and ineffective. Mm-hmm. We rec- I recently saw the in the Democratic um, the DNC, like the national convention, um, when President Obama made his speech, and I literally felt like, like I'm not in the US and I'm not a US citizen, but I felt like it was like your dad or your like a coach sitting yeah. down and being like, listen, listen to me. This is your last chance. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> need know. to get it together. <laughs> And something that he said is that democracy is not transactional. Yeah. You don't put your vote and then go home and just like wipe your hands and say, okay, I've done my job. I'm just going to chill. That's it's It goes way beyond that. And yeah. especially with the damage that Donald Trump has, like assuming Joe Biden win, will win, which I, I, I pray. To God. I pray. God, if you've heard any of the Hi, things, God, this is the one you need to hear. There's going to be a lot of work on Joe Biden and his administration to clean up the shit that Donald Trump and his administration have caused. Yeah. And so knowing that uh, everything that he's listed at his at his platform, which by the way, Donald Trump ha- does not have one, like just knowing that because that reset period is going to be number one on Joe Biden's to-do list, he may not be able to get to everything that's on his to-do list in his term. And so it's so important that, yes, like when you vote, you vote, but you also continue to stay active in the process. Like I I say this, it sounds really intense, but the more you think about it, the more you normalize it, the less overwhelming it feels and the less intimidating it is. So it's just making sure you get involved in the process. If there's something that you're not getting out of your political system, let your representative know, like you pay their salary through the taxes that come out of your income, that come out of your family's income, and and so if they're not representing your views in office then you need to let them know. Yeah, and that's a worldwide thing. That's not just a US thing. That's exactly. a worldwide thing. Yep. Um you know, if
0: you have the privilege of democracy, which a lot of people in the world don't and it For really sure. feels like the US doesn't. Um or it's certainly at risk. Um yeah, no, I like I agree with every like every single thing that you said. Um and you know, I think one of the biggest one of the biggest things that you sort of can't talk about that you can't not talk about at this given time is the pandemic that's affecting literally the Absolutely. entire world. 100%. And, and, you know, I think it's so hard because everywhere you go, you listen about, you hear about coronaviruses, coronavirus that. And I think that maybe, you know, neither one of us is here to tell you that it's bad. Like we all, we all freaking know it's bad. We all know that it's real, except literally maybe Trump himself who
1: has on the the virus people, too. Like. <laughs>
0: But, like, you don't even know. And, I i mean, you don't even know that he actually got it. Like, I feel like it could, yeah. it could just be a ploy to be like, oh, look, I got it. But I recovered in, like, a nanosecond. And so – And I understand, you know, understand it now. I understand it now. Yeah, like, that was great. Like, it doesn't affect yeah. everybody the way that they're saying it does. It's fine. And so, I just, like, with that presidency and just with everything going on, like, there's just such a – like, it's like a shit show. Like, it is yeah. such a mess. But I think – there's a lot of misinformation that's also going around and if you can and you are able to and you have that accessibility it's truly on you to take the time and the effort to understand what's going on because truly you cannot complain and you cannot say anything if you do not exercise your right, not just to vote, but to learn. Um, and and if you have, if that's accessible to you, like if that is something that is accessible to you, because unfortunately it's not accessible to everybody, Yeah. but that is what Trump and a lot of politicians play off of. Like they're. They're hoping and they're praying that you don't come back. You don't take that effort and you don't come back with facts that
1: question what they're doing because they they really rely on that ignorance. Yes. And that complacency and that complacency, the complacency to like the information that's provided, like taking something that one news media says verbatim is, is dangerous because again, news media or media in general is biased. And obviously there are a lot of reputable um, media media outlets that have ton of journalists doing god's work trying to get to the bottom of every single scandal or or news item but um it's exactly what you said it's go beyond the headline and actually question what you're reading
0: yeah and a lot Um, of the time big sort of news publications don't get the go-ahead to publish things that are inherently controversial. Like a lot of the times it's like, you know, unless it's like some it's unless it's very groundbreaking news, whatever, like a lot of the times people don't get the go ahead and you they may seem small, but the small things make up the big picture and that gets missed or it's not a headline and you miss it. And so it's really up to you to take that initiative to
1: to learn. But if you can, if that's accessible Mm -hmm. to you. I think that the, the general messaging of this is that like, we're trying to process what's going on as is the rest of the world, but then also like, how do you stay informed, but make sure that you digest the media at a, at a digestible rate. So I actually think, I think that's a good segue into talking about how you can stay informed, but not making sure you don't um, get burnout. Cause it's very easy to, especially now. One, it's extremely anxiety inducing. And it's two, draining. it is very draining because you're putting a lot of pressure on your brain to just be in the like, you know what I mean? Just like this very narrowed focus of attention. And so it's a lot to ask of yourself. So don't start and end your day reading the news. And honestly, put a time limit on yourself. Put a time limit on uh how much you read the news or how much you consume and have a series of reputable sources that you can go to for
0: information. And that speak to you or speak about what you're interested in or how it'll
1: genuinely affect you. Exactly. That and and that could either be like a news outlet or a person. Like for me personally, anytime I want news on the election or I want to keep up, I end up um I recently reactivated my Twitter which I haven't had since like high school. So reading the tweets are extremely cringeworthy, but um, I've recently reactivated it and I keep in touch with what's happening in the US from these uh, of America guys. So the hosts of the podcast, um, I find that they are a really good source of information. And so they are usually my go-to. They're not my only go-to, um, but they're definitely a big source. And so that helps make it digestible and easy to understand.
0: Yeah. And then easy to consume too. And it's not as draining than trying to decipher what people are really trying to say. Exactly.
1: I remember really feeling a sense of burnout and, and I'm somebody who is like, if this episode, if you haven't gotten it from this episode already, um, has has become a big political nerd. So uh, I felt the most burnt out from this entire year. Um, I think around August. So I think for many, if you haven't heard um, some of our past episodes, know that I'm Lebanese. And um, the beginning of August, there was this massive, massive explosion in our capital city, which um, a a lot of my family still lives in. And we also have our house in. So this was something that personally affected me and my family. Um, And so when I think about the US elections, Although I'm not a U.S. citizen or I'm or I don't live in the U.S., this is still something that has an impact on my life because of how big of a role the United States plays um, in the Middle East. So historically, they've had a big hand in Middle Eastern conflict. Um, they have assigned themselves the mediator for some reason, but their interests only lie in and for themselves. Um, We could like have a separate episode on how I feel about this. Um, It is very complicated, but the U.S. plays a really big part in what happens in the Middle East and specifically Lebanon. And so the outcome of this election uh, actually has a direct impact on on what's happening in Lebanon. So they are in a major economic crisis. They're in a major health crisis on top of having to go through having to go through coronavirus like everybody. Um, they also have one of the highest numbers of refugees. And they're such a small country, their their economy can't take anyway. it on and support everybody. Um, and we have an extremely corrupt government. And so we have a family group chat. And we were talking about the US elections. And One of my cousins had mentioned, actually, that um, something that would be a benefit of Lebanon or could help Lebanon would be if Trump was reelected. And I was so shocked to hear that, but it gave me this um, perspective that actually the outcome of the U.S. elections are not black and white. Um, They're really complicated. I obviously want them to swing one way, but... There's a lot at stake at this election. Like I definitely don't have to be the, the person to tell you, but it is interesting how much the US I just my I was like so <laughs> intense and my necklace just like flew off. Um it is interesting how much of a role the US plays, not just in North America, but in the rest of the world. And and arguably it raises a question whether or not. They should continue to do so. Not that I think that we can impact that, but I certainly don't think I think we give them a lot more credit than creditors do.
0: I yeah no, I think you've brought up a great point that you know the elections are not um, a black or white a black and white situation. Um, I think one of the things that's the hardest thing to wrap your head around, I guess you know, is the sort of the reverberations on the other side that, that, that would have. Yeah. And it's, it's just so hard to understand or to fully like grasp your head around what it means, what it could mean. Um. I think my biggest thing with, you know, the effects of Trump being in power in the U S is what he stands for. So I think that around the world, there's a, there's, a few like sort of societal institutions that have that are being upheld and that have been upheld for better or for worse that Trump gives a face to, to for the bad ones. Um, one of the biggest things is racism. One of the biggest things is um, gender-based violence. Um, and what that does is when there are, and the reason that I'm saying this is because in India, there's essentially the equivalent of trump i'm going to say this and yes. people are going to be up in arms but that's really what is happening in india mm-hmm. there is a nationalist leader as um the prime minister and it's no surprise that him and trump are are like best friends they're they're very you know buddy buddy but um all that it does is it fuels people who are in these positions and it fuels and gives more ammunition to people who think like that to continue what they're doing. And if not continue, then start to act on those thoughts. So one of the biggest things that Trump did, I mean, there's so many, I don't even know if I can call it one of the biggest, but when Trump came into power was the ban on Muslims. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. It was just insane. Like it was, whatever but the worldwide persecution of muslims is is exactly that it's it's worldwide and when someone like the us does it all it does is give the okay for other countries to do it and yeah. so when these people in power start enacting these policies and these practices it fuels it in other parts of the world yeah. so the persecution of muslims is happening and it happens all around the world um but that that it was, but that sort of act, that Muslim ban, like it fueled it being done in other parts of the world, like India. Um, you know, another big thing was the, like actually terrifying amount of, um, allegations that came out against Trump for, um, gender-based violence and assault and sexual assault. And all like the fact that, virtually nothing came out of that. Like the message that that sends to people across the world of what the U.S. is, what it stands for. You know, previously in this episode, we talked about the American dream. What that American dream truly means for different types of people, like it it was abundantly clear. And I think a lot of people you know, love to say like, oh, well, if you don't agree with what's happening in the U S or Canada, like go back to where you're coming from. But when things like that happen, the, wherever you can go back to wherever you came from, like I'm fleeing persecution and, and violence and assault where I am coming from. So I am coming here to flee all of those things, but coming here is, is not providing me that safety. Yep. And And when it happens over here, it just gives the okay for it to happen in other parts of the world. It just further perpetuates it. It just further perpetuates it. And it's a, it's just a ripple effect all around the world. And there's, it's, it's truly frightening because now with the coronavirus, you know, had, I mean, there's like so many thoughts going through my mind, but the first thing, the fact that Trump calls it the China virus. Yep. What like- the the racism that people that asian people already already feel yeah that is just adding like it's just blatant racism that's what it is and it's saying yeah it's okay it's okay to say that it's okay to say that it's that, that you know that's where the virus came from but also had the us acted in 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 a timely manner or in any manner at all. (laughs) Like we're still waiting for (laughs) any sort of action. What's the plan? um, No, seriously. Think about sort of the effects that that would have had on wherever you're living, because it would have had an effect, whether it's because people were still traveling in and out of the U S whether it's because, um, you have family there that may or may not have passed away, whether it's because so many people go to the U S because they are chasing that American dream. And so now they're living there and they're, they think about people who have just moved there or people who are just graduating, who were born there or live there. And the economy is now coming to a screeching halt. Like those are all the very real ways in which People don't necessarily, un- people may not necessarily make sort of that like domino effect leap from like what's happening in the US to how it affects me, but it does. And if the, if the economy crashes there and if, tr- for example, one of the things we talked about was trade, if the trade in the US stops, what does that mean for your country that's exporting to them? Yeah. What does that mean for your economy then? So it's just, it's very terrifying to think about it and it's very overwhelming to think about it, but I really don't think that we can have a conversation about US politics without kind of realizing or putting in perspective the worldwide effect that it has.